Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. I want to continue our series on um, how revival comes. I want to speak to you today from the subject, honoring the Lord. Honoring the Lord. How revival comes honoring the Lord. Now, if you know me, you're going to need something to write with and something to write on. So I'm going to give you 15 seconds to find a pen and find a paper, and then we're going to flow in Jesus' name. How revival comes honoring the Lord. All right, here we go. There is a revelation that is settled in heaven, shakes hell, and is still being stubbornly resisted on the earth. That is, God is God and he always will be God. Heaven embraces this truth and all of heaven worships God now and will continue to worship him forever. Revelation chapter seven, verse 11 through 12. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God saying, amen. Blessing and glory, wisdom and thanksgiving, honor and power might be unto our God forever and ever. Hell recognizes the consistency of God's lordship, so much so that the demons believe and tremble. And Satan has to ask God's permission to trouble a child of God. Hell is on a short leash because they know God is God and he always will be God. So while heaven worships and hell is worried, human beings are still wondering whether any of this stuff is true. Is God really God? Is he always in control? Can I trust what he says? And so God, in order to earn your trust, is constantly proving himself to you. Through the word of God, he's constantly showing us himself. Through the complexity of your body, the beauty of the heavens and the earth, he's constantly showing you himself. Through the prayers you've answered and the prayers you never even prayed that he answered, he's showing you himself. Through the immediate forgiveness of your sins when you accept Jesus Christ as your savior, God is showing you himself. God is showing us what is settled in heaven and shaking the earth. That is God is God and he always will be God. But here's the big question. What you going to do about it? Demons believe and tremble. Heaven's worshiping. What you going to do about it? The best response to this revelation is what we're going to talk about today. Honor the Lord. Honor the Lord. Honoring the Lord is showing respect for God's position and his role in your life. We honor God by making his pleasure our priority and welcoming him to do all the things he has in mind for everything we allow him to touch. Honoring God opens us up to God's influence and in turn, God influences everything we've opened up to him. This is Proverbs chapter three, verse nine and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce 
Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, honor him, and that's what? He will make your path straight. He's going to influence everything you open up to him to influence. In other words, allowing God to always be God doesn't just bless him, it blesses you. The opposite is also very important to know. Dishonor is when we elevate things above God. This honor is when we don't give God what he's due, we give him what we decide. That could be based on how I feel about him that day, how much time is in my calendar, how much money is in my pocket. We dishonor God by keeping him out of the places in our lives so that he's not always God, he's sometimes God, only in certain spots. He's not always God. He's sometimes God, but he can't touch my career. He's not always God. He's sometimes God because I'm going to dress as sexy as I want. Honor the Lord in all things, not just some things. If honoring God opens things up, dishonor shuts things down. Dishonoring God causes God to close his hand over you and limit what he's going to do for you. This is 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30. Therefore, the Lord, the God of Israel, declares, I promised that members of your family would minister before me forever. But now the Lord declares, far be it from me. I ain't going to do that. Those who honor me, I will honor. But those who despise me, they're going to be disdained. He don't owe you nothing. Today, I want to answer two questions about honor. Make this quick. Two questions about honor. First question I want to answer, what does it actually look like to honor God? What does it look like to honor God? Second question, how does honor, like humility and hunger, like we talked about in the past couple weeks, how does this lead to revival and miracles? Okay, two things I want to discuss today. One, What does it look like to honor God? And two, how does honor lead to revival and lead to miracles? You with me? It's going to get crazy now. I'm going to show you three things, and then we're going to pray. Let's go. Three things I want to show you today related to honor. First, we honor the Lord by choosing faith over familiarity. We're going to walk through all of these. We honor the Lord by choosing faith over familiarity. Second, we honor the Lord by choosing obedience over convenience. We honor the Lord by choosing obedience over convenience. Then the last one's going to be a big one. We honor the Lord by honoring people despite their performance. I promise you, you're not going to like that one. We'll talk about how to honor the Lord. Faith over familiarity. Obedience over convenience. Honoring people despite their performance. All right, first one. We honor the Lord by choosing faith over familiarity. We're going to do some reading, so let's go to that first slide, please. All right. This is Mark chapter 6 from verse 1 through verse 6. We're going to read it, then we're going to preach it. You with me? 
All right, let's read. Jesus left there, come class, and went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Wow, he's doing crazy things. Where did this man get these things, they asked. What's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he's performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives and in his own homes. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Faith over familiarity. In order to honor the Lord, you must choose faith over familiarity. So here's the context. Jesus is hot right now. His stock is up. He's just calmed the storm with his words. He's healed a man full of demons. He's raised a dead girl. And then a woman who had an issue of blood for decades got healed just by touching his cloak. Word was spreading that this man was no ordinary man. And his next stop on his miracle crusade crusade was his hometown, Nazareth. The people were wowed by what Jesus could do. But they thought they had been around him long enough to know who he really was and all that was in his power to accomplish. So instead of allowing everything Jesus said and everything Jesus did to elevate their thinking about him, the people denied his deity and treated him as just another dude from the hometown. He's definitely the son of Joseph, they said. I don't really know about this son of God business. That's, that's not how we know him around here. They saw Jesus could do more, but were so locked into what they thought they knew that instead of raising their faith, they stuck with what was familiar. He may be the Messiah out there, but out here, that's maybe Mary's little boy, and he could do a few cool tricks. Believers, sometimes our familiarity with the faith can lead us to dishonor Jesus like the homies did. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered, touching anything concerning my name, there I am. But how many times do we convene as believers and we think it's just another service? It's just another Bible study. I might as well just get there. It's 10 o'clock. You know what to do. It's routine. Not realizing Jesus, the healer, is here to heal. Huh? Jesus, the deliverer, is here to deliver. But we thought, oh, it's just Pastor Steve. We are the church. It's dishonoring the Lord. Our familiarity makes us treat the things of God casually. And God closes his hand. Is like, that don't bless me. Sing all you want. You ain't getting nothing. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. But sometimes we think, I'm too sick. He can't do nothing. I've been here before. He can't do nothing. I prayed the prayer already. He's not going to heal me. Our familiarity allows the Lord to close his hand because we're dishonoring him with how casually we treat his presence. That's Mary's baby. That's the carpenter. He's not the healer. That was the story. Friends, dishonor 
shuts things down. Familiarity, casual, oh, it's just another Sunday, shut it down. Might as well not come. We won't see much until we honor God as God, not the version of him we think we got figured out. God is not like Santa Claus, that if you don't believe in him, you're not going to get no presents. But faith welcomes God to do all he wants to do in your life. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. And when he's pleased, he opens things up. But when he's grieved, he shuts it down. Honor opens things up. And we honor God by choosing faith over familiarity. Church, regardless of the circumstances of your life, you need to come believing that Jesus, that Jesus says all that's true. And whatever he says, you can believe. God is more than you think he is. God is all that he says he is. Write it down. God is more than you think he is. He's everything that he says he is. Here's what I learned. We don't start life with a high view of God. We don't. God is God. He always will be God. We don't know that from birth. No. We start life with a very few, very low view of God. And the word of God elevates that view. The truth of God raises the voice of God, the vision of God, the scope of what God can do in our minds and in our hearts. And when God reveals more of who he is through the word, we don't have the right to say, that's not actually who you are. I know you better than you know yourself. You're not actually the healer. I know you. You've been alive alive 60 years. From everlasting to everlasting, he is God. And you know who he is? God is more than you think he is. He is all that he says he is. Jesus is here right now with amazing intentions. Jesus is here right now and he has good desires to meet every single need that you have. He has good desires to answer every single question that you have. But you have the power to shut all of that down by treating this familiarly instead of having faith that God is who he says he is. That's on you. That's not on him. We honor the Lord by choosing faith over familiarity. How do you treat your prayer time and your Bible reading? Is it just a routine? Let me just get up here and give us this day our daily bread. Let's do this thing real quick. Is it just another item on your to-do list? That dishonors the Lord. That does not make him happy. That does not make him feel welcome. Imagine you went to somebody's house and like, you just go sit over there. You spending time there? You blessing there? No. That's how we treat God. Let me, oh, it's 9.55. Let me just get this thing done real quick so I can go about my day. And you want him to bless that? God is God and he always will be God. And he's supposed to take your 30 seconds and be happy? Come on, church. That's disrespectful. It's dishonoring, and he closes his hand at that. There's no rain over that land. We need to approach our Bible study, our morning prayers, with an expectation. An expectation of what? An expectation that God is going to be God in that minute and that time that we give him. That's the expectation. 
The scripture says the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. So our expectation needs to be, when I open this word, God, you're going to do something quick and powerful in this time that I gave you. Not let me just get this thing out the way. Your motivation matters. Your heart matters. Forget your routine. What is your expectation? My expectation is that God will exceed all of my expectations because God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I could even ask or think. Coming to church just to hang out, it dishonors the Lord. You can be here and God is not happy with the way you came here. Instead, how about you come to church with faith? How about you pray with faith? How about you sing with faith? How about you listen to the word of God with faith? How about you raise your hands with faith, not familiarity, and watch the Lord revive your life? Familiarity says, I know this song. Let's just do this thing real quick. Faith says, I'm going to sing until the power of the Lord shakes this place and shakes my body and does something that I need him to do. You got to choose faith over familiarity. I know it's routine sometimes. I know you know it's Sunday. I know you know the songs. But my God, believe in what you're singing and watch the Lord blow your mind and exceed your expectations. He closes his hand when he sees the familiar. He closes his hand when he's dishonored. But when you're singing from your heart, from the depths of your spirit, and your worship is a prayer, and he knows you really mean it, he opens up heaven over you. That's revival. That's miracles. And it's about your motivation. Friends, I don't know what you thought, but I promise you Jesus is better than you think. I don't know what you thought, but Jesus can do more than you think he can. Jesus is closer than you think he is. huh? He's more powerful than you think he is. And choosing faith over familiarity honors the Lord and invites him to do miracles in everything you've opened up to him. But when you want to run your routine again, he's like, fine, do your thing. You ain't getting nothing from me. We honor the Lord by choosing faith over familiarity move to our second point. We honor the Lord by choosing obedience over convenience. We honor the Lord by choosing obedience over convenience. All right, class, we're about to read a little bit more. Here we go. Ready? Fantastic. Uh, oh, actually, I need the scripture. Yeah, no, beautiful. Thank you. All right. Fantastic. Here we go. Now there was no water for the community and the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron and they quarreled with Moses and said, if only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord. Why did you bring the Lord's community into the wilderness that we and our livestock should die here? Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to this terrible place? Keep going. It has no grain, no figs, no grapevines, or pomegranates, and there's no water. To These people are mad. 
Keep going. Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance to the tent of meeting and fell face down, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord said to Moses, take the staff, and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together, speak to that rock before their eyes, and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence, just as he commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock, and Moses said to them, listen, you rebels. (laughs) He was mad, because they were mad. Everybody's mad up in the desert. Must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out in the community, and their livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land that I will give them. We honor the Lord by choosing obedience over convenience. Here's the story. Moses needed a miracle. 2.5 million Jews were wandering in the desert where there was no water. And now many of the millions are mad at Moses. And many of the millions are murmuring at Moses, questioning whether he should be the person leading them or not. This disloyalty and ingratitude was like a slap in the face to this man. Parents, y'all know it. You don't love me. I wish somebody else was my, excuse me? How much I put in labor for you? I was in the hospital five weeks pushing. This is Moses' reality. He's like, do y'all not realize that God was going to kill y'all and I interceded on y'all behalf? You think the desert is fun for me? I'm thirsty too. (laughs) Moses was desperate and disrespected. Leaders, Moses was really hurt by the people he was leading. And this combination of feelings drove him into the presence of the Lord. Let me just talk about this real quick. The presence of God is for you on your worst day. I know, I know. I want you to come into the presence of the Lord gladly, rejoicing, counting all your benefits and blessings. But you know what? When those people have hurt you so bad... The presence of the Lord is for you too. When all you can hear is people saying, man, you should have done this. Man, you should have done this. You don't belong. You're not a good mom. You're not a good dad. You're not a good son. You're not a good student. The presence of the Lord is for you too. Because that's what drove Moses and Aaron into the tent. And they fell face down. Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 says this. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. And I got you. I got you. I'll give you rest. So the scripture tells us Moses came into the presence stressed and he left with a strategy. The prophetic, like Pastor was talking about earlier. Sometimes the things that you're thinking about, God will work it out in worship. In the middle of a moment, just give it to you. Moses was to speak to the rock and the water would flow out until 2.5 million people and their animals had their fill. A rock. (laughs) A rock. (laughs) 
not no Dasani spring, a, a rock. This is a strange and unlikely way to save people. But as we know, our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. And I bet you no one would have thought there's water in a rock. This was about to be so, so good. Moses would obey God. God would be glorified. The people's needs would be met. And honor would open everything up. But Moses was seething angry, mad as all getting out. And he let the people know. Instead of being obedient for Moses, it was more convenient to turn this lesson into a, hey, y'all better not try me again. Boom, take this water. Read the story. Rather than speaking to the rock, he hit the rock to show his strength and show the power of his hand. That was convenient, but it was disobedient. Moses thought, y'all thought I was weak? How do you like me now? Y'all want water? Here's your water, and you better not call me out of my name ever again. Put some respect on my name. Two strikes, bang, bang, drink up. (laughs) Leaders, parents, when we get hot, When we get in the flesh, isn't that us sometimes too? Take this dinner. (laughs) Say your prayers and be grateful. That's Pastor Moses. That's that's us. While Moses' bully, macho, provider vibe was convenient, it was very disobedient. God is probably thinking, my man, you came to me broken, and now you're acting like you have the right to do what I told you not to do, that's not going to work. I gave you instructions, and now you're acting like you can do this without me? Like you can give 2.5 million people water without me? Who do you think you are? Why are you dishonoring me? Friends, how many of us are like Moses at times, and we refuse to give God credit for the things he has done in us or the things he's instructed us to do that prove to be successful? We take center stage because it's all about our hard work. Oh, I was smart with my, my stocks and bonds. I know how to play the market. Oh, yeah? God deserves his credit. God is God, and he always will be God. You are human, and you're about to do some stupid stuff. That's why the scripture says, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll do the hard work and direct you. You want to trust in yourself? Good luck. Church, I've learned that I can't take credit for my life. I cannot take credit for my family. I cannot take credit for my peace. I can't even take credit for this sermon. This is not about the strength of my swing, how powerful my hand is. I came to God broken. I said, God, what you want to say? He said, say this, and here I am. He is the vine. I'm the branch. And without him, you ain't getting no water. Moses' convenient act may have built up his reputation, but it cost him his reward. It's 
Oh, yeah, the people feared Moses. Oh, don't, don't, you don't want him to hit you with that stuck, that, that stick. I saw some water come out. Yeah, but it cost him the opportunity to lead the people into the promised land, which is what he was going for the whole time. Honor opens us up. Dishonor shuts it down, even if you're a preacher. God was so hurt, so grieved, so sad by Moses breaking his trust that he said, my man, listen, I had something so much better for you, but the way you disrespected me in front of all those people, I still love you, but I can't. that, that's closed. That thing in your future that I had for you that you so wanted, I can't give you that anymore because you did what was convenient instead of what was obedient. Sisters and brothers, Obedience is more important than convenience. Doing the hard work and obeying the Lord is much better than doing what comes easy for your flesh. I know in the short term you might want to do, do what you want and say what you want and feel what you want, but in the long term you're going to be missing God's best for you. Obedience often involves self-restraint. Self-denial. It involves not doing things the way you want because God said we're not doing it like that. It involves leaving some of your desires unfulfilled because you're submitted to God, who is God and always will be God. But this type of self-denial, it honors the Lord. It makes the Lord happy. And honoring the Lord opens, God's, opens us up to God's influence. And in turn, God influences everything we open up to him including that future. So to recap, we honor the Lord by choosing faith over familiarity. We honor the Lord by choosing obedience over convenience. And my last point, we honor God by honoring people despite their performance. We're going to read some more scriptures and it will be done. Here we go. This is Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 27. Y'all with me? Here we go. Then God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, to rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, and over all the earth itself, and every creature that crawls upon it. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. All right, one more verse. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17. Honor your favorite people. Honor the people you love the most. Honor. <laughs> I didn't write it. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God, honor the emperor. Honor your president. Honor your senator. I didn't vote for him. I don't care. But he said, I don't care. Did you see those tapes? When God commands us to honor people, we pick certain people take out our record book, and start listing all the things they have said, done, worn, posted, that makes them unworthy of honor in our eyes. What about Jeffrey Dahmer? You seen the documentary? 
What about Osama bin Laden? I have to honor him? What about the politician I didn't vote for? He's pro this. What about the man who mocks my faith? God, you can't mean him. Honoring the people you like is convenient. Honoring everyone is obedient. Believers, we're called to do the tough work. But how in the world <laughs> am I supposed to respect them disrespectful people? You know what I'm saying? But God, did you see what they said about me? Do you know what they say about you? Honor everyone. How are you supposed to do it? The answer is found in Genesis. Every human being is worthy of respect because every human being is made in the image of God. Even if we do a terrible job of representing God. The image of God means we have the power to share in God's rule. The image of God means we have the opportunity to be God's representatives in the world. The image of God is a stamp God has given us that shows us how much he is always invested in you and I. So even at my most disobedient, at my most rebellious, at my most nasty, I'm still an image bearer. And that divine work of God in me is to be honored, even if I'm cussing like a sailor. Clearly, God loves people despite our performance, so much so that he put this seal on us, then issues a command that everybody has to respect the seal that God has put on me, even if I'm not acting like God. Church, everyone is worthy of honor because everyone bears the image of God, even if they don't meet our standards of honor. Honor everyone. Honor the emperor. Here's the truth. In the same way that God will always be God, people will always be people. And people will always let you down. At our best, people are saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, and inconsistent. Right? One day the Israelites love Moses. Oh, great deliverer, here we are. The next day they're like, you got to get out of this church. This is why God grounds our honor for people, not in their performance, but in the image of God that he put in them in the first place. Because their performance is going to fluctuate. His image is not going to change. So then your treatment of people can't change based on their performance. Ouch. Friends, I hope you get this. God loves people despite their performance. God forgives people despite their performance. God is committed to people despite their performance. So we don't have the right to withhold honor from people we don't like because of their performance. And be ye kind, one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, did it for you. I know. People hurt you. I get it. That ex, oh my God, I get it. But have they hurt you more than you've hurt God? And you bear his image. 
Jesus sacrificed his life for his enemies. People who he knew sometimes would never even accept him. He said, I'm still going to die for you. And you can't show respect to the neighbor who keeps complaining about your hedges. You and I have been freely forgiven of our sins. How can we tell God that another person does not deserve our respect because of what they've done? Friends, dishonoring people is dishonoring God. And dishonoring God prevents God from doing all that's in his heart in your life. So maybe some of the prayers you've been praying that you haven't seen God answered aren't because God is deaf, but it's because you're being very mean to Susie Q. I know this cuts deep. It does for me because our conversations can be so nasty about people sometimes when we forget they are also image bearers, especially when they upset us, right? We say things like, who is he? He ain't nobody. Is he nobody? Who is she? She's dead to me. The image bearer is dead to you? And your God said, honor everyone, Christian? Maybe that's why the hand of God is closed over some aspects of our lives. Because we're treating people like trash when they are image bearers. Friends, no flaw, no limit, no moral failure gives you the right to dishonor another person because everyone is an image bearer. God ensures that we honor people, not just because of what they did, but because of what God did by putting his image in every single body. This is why we honor the elderly even if they can't perform well. This is why we honor the unborn. This is why we honor those with mental disabilities. This is why we honor the needy, the prisoner, the poor, those who let us down. They are image bearers, so we honor people despite how we feel about their performance. Let us check ourselves. I know sometimes you want to get even. I know they haven't earned your respect. They're not living up to the standard. They're not doing right. They're not, that's not the way you raised them. I get it. But you don't do it because it's convenient. You do it because it's obedient. That's how you honor the Lord. Honoring God opens us up to God's influence. And in turn, God influences everything we've opened up to him. So I'm closing with this. Let's go to that last one. If you want to honor God, you need to choose faith over familiarity, obedience over convenience, and you need to honor people despite their performance. Please bow your heads and close your eyes. We're going to pray. And as we get ready to pray, I want you to do an evaluation of how your honor is going. Did you come here today because it was church? You know what time it is. Just got to do my thing. That dishonors the Lord. Or did you come expecting God to do what God does? That pleases him, and it pleases him to move in your life. Are the commandments of God that you do, are they the easy ones? (laughs) Are you willing to do the hard stuff? Are you willing to choose obedience over convenience? Lastly, who are the people in your life that you love the most? Are you honoring them? What about the people you really don't like? Are they nobody? Are they not important? 
That's dishonoring to the Lord who put his image on them. Here's what we're going to do. <clears throat> I want to speak first to those folks who are not Christians. You're like, Brother Kavar, Jesus, this whole thing, like, I, this is super hard. All this stuff is really tough, but, but I want to I serve Jesus. I want to honor the Lord. If that's you and you want to make a decision today to start honoring God because you've never, you've never loved him before, you never gave your heart to Jesus before, would you raise your hands for me? Because I want to pray for you first. This is going to be your first time. Like, I've never done this before. It sounds difficult, but I, I, I definitely want to try. Like, I want to see God's hand over my life. I want to see God's hand over my life. Good. So this next call is for the church. Those of us who know what God says, who have received this revelation, but we know there are areas of our lives we are falling short and we got to fix. If you want to honor the Lord, if you want to choose faith over familiarity, you want to choose obedience over convenience, you want to start honoring the mess out of people you used to just treat like trash, today's our day to fix it. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, and God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people. And you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.